Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I want to play you what um, the scene was like yesterday here in Philadelphia. This is the Temple Police Sergeant Fitzgerald who was... Allegedly murdered by this punk, alleged punk, Dom, watch it, from Buckingham, alleged Buckingham, uh, and uh, waived his preliminary hearing yesterday, and they thought it was time to say, yes, they want to be on public record. They didn't say it, but you'll hear the dad today. No matter what anybody says, they want the death penalty in this case. And I, I, I just don't hear the media embracing this as much now. You're not supposed to say that when you get into this case, you know? Everybody's fine until you start talking about true justice here, and the media doesn't like the narrative of this. Since the officer and his family are African-American and the kid is clearly this white guy from the suburbs, they don't like the narrative because the narrative is always the other way about inequities, etc. Here's how it sounded at the preliminary hearing yesterday. Cut 15. We're told the last year has been a nightmare for the Fitzgerald family. They've had to bury a loved one and explain to their young children why they won't be able to see their father again. But support from the Temple community and uniformed officers from several agencies, as well as a desire for justice, have kept them motivated. Being present is part of the battle here to ensure that the type of justice that this, uh, this monster deserves is enacted. The family telling us outside of court today they're advocating for the death penalty, something District Attorney Larry Krasner has been vocally against in the past. As for whether that's an option in Pfeffer's case, his office told me today, out of respect for the role of the courts, they're not commenting on sentencing recommendations ahead of the trial. Can you imagine, can you imagine this this type of situation? See, it tells me that even Krasner knows Dummy up on this. This is too sensitive. Too many people are on board. But, but I would submit to you, I don't believe we're as a country anymore. And in the Philadelphia area, I don't believe we're wrong. We're really for the death penalty. Yeah, people may say it, but there's no pressure on these people. Wolf, for eight years, put it on moratorium. He was studying it. Josh Shapiro and his son, they're not even studying it. He just said he's not going to do it. And he just says, uh, heinous crimes, fallible. You know, they say a few words and everybody goes away. It's not a big deal. You could run and say, no, I'm not going to do the death penalty if I'm governor. And it's not a big issue in a state that is still pretty conservative in multiple parts of the state. Why is that? What is it that they've done that they've won on this issue? It's just stunning to me. 
And yet people scream about crime. We hear about everything. It's, oh, my God. And yet we just can't bring ourselves to take the measures that are one step in the toolbox to do something about this. All right, so it's 855-839-12-TECH. Now, all this talk about the border goes on. All this stuff, you just heard me with Bill O'Reilly. It's it's a more emotional issue maybe than inflation. I mean, it's a benefit. It's driving the ship right now. Who are the people that might bail Biden out? These Senate Republicans. And you know what the hang-up is now that they're debating on the Senate Republicans? You should know this. It's not just sending those billions of dollars to Ukraine. It's non-lethal aid. Can you imagine now? Can you imagine these clowns that we put there to suit up as alleged conservatives or Republicans? They're debating how much aid we should be. There are quotes throughout this uh, about this saying, well, how can we expect people to fight on the front against the Russians if back home... They don't have enough money for the infrastructure of their economy and their schools and their small businesses. Go to hell. I mean, it's time somebody says it. Remember we talked about the $25 billion that's already gone there? 60 Minutes had that report to prop up all these things in Ukraine. I mean, it's one thing being told, well, the Putin's going to win. They're going to overrun them if we don't give them lethal aid. That's a different debate. But no. If their society can't function in this, that's not our job to be paying off all those things when we have so many issues here. Yet Senate Republicans are engaged in that, and they're engaged in selling us out on the border. So there's no border deal that I can see now. And I I think more people have to say that. People like Trump can't quite say it that way because it looks like he's doing it just to win the election. And I'm all on board with using it to win the election. We've gone this far with not getting a handle on this. Let's just continue it because it's obvious in all the exit polling in both Iowa and New Hampshire, and they're nowhere near border states. Now, here's the thing. These people in the suburbs, is this issue, are you able to make a dent here on the Republican side by bringing up fentanyl? Are there... So many overdoses, so much concern about that in the suburbs that it cuts through and people realize what's going on at the border. It's a sieve, and we're going to see more and more of this come through. I'm just wondering, what is the issue that cuts through these insulated suburbs? Because I know people don't want to face it, but when it comes election time, Trump is breaking through with groups. He has the MAGA base. But you have still these voters in the suburbs who might say, I just can't vote for this guy. The exit polling out of New Hampshire again, I don't get the logic of this. You have people that support Trump and they say, yep, the Justice Department has been weaponized against him. If they can do it to somebody like that, they can certainly do it to me. He's taken one for the team. Okay. Then they say, but if he's convicted on any one count of the 91 counts, then I can no longer vote for him. Well, wait a minute. You realize where some of these juries will be. Washington, D.C. You think you're getting a fair trial if you're Donald Trump in front of a jury and judge in Washington? 
Why are they saying that? Why are people, again, does that save face? Well, if he's a criminal, if he's convicted, how could you vote for him? Okay, if you believe the Justice Department has weaponized itself to get Trump to stop him, and he's convicted, it should be, well, why does that matter? Well, it looks bad if you're voting for a convicted felon. Is that what it is? And Dan, I've been saving this one for you. I saw it, Paul. It has Dan written all over it. I'm only the reporter on this one. I have a theory or two. The Atlantic and New York Times have a big article about a new trend, particularly in so-called gentrified areas in New York City and other places. People that are wealthy are not putting anything to block their windows. In other words, shades or whatever. In other words, they want you to see inside their house. Ah. And part two, a theory is they believe they have such good uh, security systems, they don't have to worry. Here's the study. Americans who earn more than $150,000 a year are almost twice as likely to leave windows uncovered as those making about $30,000 a year, according to a large study. But it's even more than that. Bigger wealth. Say you're, say you're a millionaire, okay? You're not going to have your windows covered with uh, drapes or we have shades, as you know, that kind of. I could see telling Ro, Ro, let's not is, have any. Is this more of a status symbol, though, or is yes. it just architectural design at this no, point? No, it's you, a you status look, symbol. I don't know, though, because you look at the architecture that these loaded yes. rich people are buying. It's these ugly, large properties here in Philadelphia yeah. that have the iron-worked kind of windows, like right. the big plate glass windows, and I... They, Blinds wouldn't look right on them. So, I, so you think it's that? Well, I, I think it's those big windows. That's I, what they're not saying in New York. Maybe we should ban windows in Philadelphia. Take a, okay. Uh, so what, you what, would, what was the step of uh, the, the bay windows yeah. that were banned at one point? Yeah, the bay windows. You yeah. would never do that then. You and Maisie wouldn't do that. No. 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 Like, we, we, you got to have. We, we had blinds in Port Richmond. Yeah, you know, I don't course. want people peering into the house and seeing what we have. Yeah, exactly. Or what you're up to or who's over there. There was a guy that lived around the corner. He had one of those big, you know, right. massive, ugly uh, big four-story, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar houses, and second level, they had a room that was specifically for a treadmill, and he had a treadmill looking out the uncovered window. It was like uh, a yeah, they, they had a treadmill simple. next to one of those uh, Peloton bikes. Ah, uh, okay. And you right. occasionally walk by in the morning and see him riding their bike in the windows. Uh, okay, man. well, they say it's a status symbol more than bad windows. That's what's uh, going. On. Yeah. <laughs> But imagine you make over $150,000 a year, you are twice as likely to leave your windows uncovered as those making about $30,000 a year, according to this large study. All I'm looking for somebody out there that doesn't cover their windows. What the hell are you thinking? How's that status? You want people to look inside and see the big screen TV? or Now, this would be one to get row on, but I think she's uh, cleaning up the Christmas tree resident. We put our Christmas tree out finally yesterday. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It was quite an operation, yeah. That's the longest ever. It was 100 bucks for the Christmas tree. Was it dead? No, it was still operational, but it was getting bad, yeah. You didn't light it on fire? No. But when you pay 100 bucks, I was like, wow, do we really pay 100 bucks for a Christmas tree? Well, that's why you got to get a fake one. Uh, Back to that. We paid 160. We're going to pack it up and use it next year. Yeah, let's look in the windows and see a fake Christmas tree, yes. It looks the same. All right. If you're looking in the window, it's the same thing. All right, so 855-839-1210, you get on board. This uh, capital punishment case, Larry Krasner will not go for capital punishment. 
Uh, we'll hear the family today, at least the dad. And I couldn't feel more. They're exactly right. They're doing the right thing by doing this, maybe helping some others to put pressure on this. We really don't believe in capital punishment anymore. They've won on this. The left has won by convincing us, nah, you can't do capital punishment. You just can't. There is no way that you can do that. That's what I take away from all this stuff. So everybody in the media wants to tell the story of this, but they don't want to probe and connect to Krasner. They don't want to ask the question, is Krasner or Krasner and Shapiro actually found the, the death penalties on the books? They're just saying they're not going to do that. And the media seems to like that. Yeah, they're not going to do it, and that's it. It's on the books. Pennsylvania's still a death penalty case. How is this not a death penalty? How would this not spark public outrage? One-man patrol at Temple where they have all those problems. This guy is allegedly enacting in his mind some kind of urban uh, adventure he's on. And he shoots the officer. And then when the officer is down on the ground, stand over top of him, shoots him, kills him, allegedly. How in the world is that not a story that this just sick society won't say, oh, yeah, we're going to go for the death penalty here. So if you won't go for the death penalty in something like this, it effectively means let's just get rid of the death penalty. Let's take it off the books. Why can't we be honest and say that Pennsylvania doesn't have the stomach for the death penalty? These are two straight governors. Wolf just said eight years. I'm studying it. Get back to me later. Shapiro is even bolder. No, I'm not going to do that. You kidding me? And there's not an eruption, particularly in a case like this. And I'm sure there's a ton of evidence, cameras and everything else. There will be no doubt about what happened here. So then why wouldn't you get the death penalty? Because people in the end are caving in to progressives who are stronger on this. They are determined, no matter what, they're not going to let that happen. 855-839-1210, you get on board. I would debate Josh Shapiro, Dan, and his cadre of people anytime, anywhere. We'll debate him in the middle of uh, pick your progressive thing. Pack the hall with people anytime, here. Anytime. anytime. We'll put up 10000 for charity, whatever. Uh, ju- just to have this on. The first time he says heinous, only for heinous crimes, I'm jumping over the table. You know what I mean? You're not getting a word out with that. These guys are in a bubble. Josh Shapiro's in a big bubble. He can't debate in a case like this. You know what he's going to try to do? He's going to try to broaden it out. What about the innocent man? I'm talking about the fact that there is no doubt in this other than a court of law. And yet we can't even, it's not so much you get the death penalty. We don't even ask for it anymore. That's my point. You mean to say it wouldn't be on the table with this guy? What does it take? So don't come around. Don't talk about the pain of the family, the officer, do these specials. Oh, how awful. We support police. No, you don't. If you're against the death penalty, you don't support police. You don't support me. You don't support Dan. You don't support protecting the average citizen. You support virtue signaling. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're starting to see a lot from that Fulton County Superior Court judge down there in Atlanta unsealing the divorce proceedings on the um, special prosecutor, alleged boyfriend, alleged of the prosecutor in Atlanta. And that case, as it unravels, there's no way that I see President Trump being convicted in the Georgia case. So that leaves uh, three cases there. And again, we have no clarity on when these are going to start. Once the ball rolls, though. But I would say March will tell us a lot about the timelines by then of where these are going to go. And they're critical to determining what will happen before the election. I mean, anything is possible in this, without a doubt. But without a doubt, I I am convinced that illegal immigration has made its way emotionally. I still think inflation and what's happening, uh, as O'Reilly put it, Biden has hurt the average American. Big time. He doesn't care. He's going to go down in the history books. We know where inflation comes from. But illegal immigration... The numbers are staggering, and these weaselly Republicans in the Senate suddenly have to have a deal. And the reason they want a deal is they want to get that Ukraine money. They see us as so deficient in this, and they're actually debating the non-lethal part of it. You know, how much can we get away with before people see this? Why are we giving Ukraine any money? Leave aside the lethality to prevent the Russia. On their society. I mean, that's on the other European countries or on them. We should not be propping that up. We shouldn't be spending a dime to do that. So in the polling coming out of uh, New Hampshire, 52% of people who voted. you got to remember, these are people that are more moderate slash independents and all that stuff. They said they want America to be less active in foreign and world affairs. And they see Haley as a lot more intervening, active in that. Turn her loose on that. That's going to be Trump's biggest legacy. Stay out of these unending wars. Stay out of the drain of this. I don't think the average person realizes that. They they didn't watch 60 Minutes. They're not like you listening to the Dom Giordano show. We talked about that. The billions and millions that we've spent on propping up their society, not on their military, that money. 
Senate Republicans. This John Thune guy is a weasel of, and he's from the Dakota. I mean, you would think they'd sniff him out. We just have a whole gaggle of these guys there that are hell-bent to make a deal on the border. And apparently there are a number of Republicans in the House that might want to do that. Based on what? Why in the world would we do? Are you not listening to the American people? Don't bail Biden out. He broke it. He's committed to it. Try to bolster the people in Texas who are putting up the wire as much as they want. They put up more yesterday to stop this. But do not give him a deal so that he can say, we made that, we got the Ukraine money. Are you crazy? Well, it shouldn't be about winning elections. Yes, it should be. That's the only way you can do the right thing. You've got to win. Now, politicians might not be able to say that, but that's what it comes down to. Whether it's abortion or illegal immigration, you have to win. If you don't win, then you're not going to be able to do anything. That's the calculus. Let's go to Robert and Ben Salem. Robert, he's in on Talk Radio 1210. Robert, afternoon. Hi, Dom, Dan. It's good to talk to you guys again. Um, can I throw Ted Kaczynski? It's unbelievable how hard it is to oh, find a bad guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ted yeah. Kaczynski, all-timer, Unabomber, Pole, yes. And since I'm throwing him at, I'll throw out Pope John Paul II, I believe, who was Polish as well, right? Well, I don't was think, that the first? Yeah, I don't think he's bad. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Actually, oh, yeah. I threw out a good one, too. Oh, um, that's what you going to have to the Pope. That, now, if you had said Pope nah. Francis, bad Argentinians, yeah. I'm yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at how well uh, Trump is doing. I mean, he's like breaking records. No Republican has done so well so early in a primary, but it occurs to me he's the first president, former president, to run again in a primary since Teddy Roosevelt. That's yeah. 110 years. He's going to make history, you know? Yeah, he's the first um, one to win in uh, New Hampshire three times. Yeah, and, and plus so convincingly in three different states, you know, because he's going to clean up in South South Carolina, too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's doing really well, and no matter what they do, I'm writing about this now, and you'll hear about it soon, but this is going to be a lot of fun watching this election. But um, for my infamous Italians, I would go with Sacco and Vanzetti. Ah, they were yes. two Italian yeah. immigrant anarchists that were convicted for murdering two guys during a holdup, and they were sentenced to death. And it was almost as big as uh, Abu Jamal was, you know, in the 80s and 90s. There was like a foreign out- uh, outcry to spare them from the death penalty. It was like probably the first big anti-death penalty global movement, you know. So a lot of history there, man. But I love the show. You guys have a great day, Don. Thank you, Robert. And I, I think, Dan, at least my memory bank is triggering here. That's why Italians ultimately, there was such an outcry over this discrimination. Uh, that's why they got Columbus Day. There seems to be a connection about Columbus Day then coming out of that. To kind of make up for it, or there was something in New Orleans too, uh, similar bias. Yeah, and uh, we were thrown the bone of Columbus Day. Little did they know that would be a big deal. No one said Columbus on on Twitter. They're saying Columbus, but no, you're not going to win with Columbus. Come on now. All right, so eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. You get on board. There's an article in Teen Vogue that says uh, instead of Columbus Day, Italian Americans should celebrate Zacco and Vanzetti Day on August twenty third. Oh, God. Teen Vogue. Yeah, Teen Vogue. Yes. Uh, by the way, speaking of silly things, Dan, we talked about the Oscars, and this is Hillary Clinton's Twitter account. Unless you want to get the benefit. 
Hillary Clinton has weighed in on the ultimate snub. She wrote, Greta and Margot. Oh, While no. oh, it can no. sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than, I should know this name, Keno? K-E-N-O-U-G-H? What's that? No, so much more than... Keno. More than enough? Oh, more than enough. Is it spelling Yeah, yeah it's K-E-N-O-U. I guess Hillary was being cool there. More than... K- Keno. Are we just not... Are we Cap- falling into that PSA we're playing? Where we just, yeah, we, we yeah that's right. Capital K <laughs> and then E-N-O-U-G-H. I, I, it's something from the movie, I guess. Because oh. they sell Mattel has it. I am okay. Keno. Oh, like Cano, uh, like Ken, like Ken the character. Oh, okay. What's the meaning of Cano? I, we haven't yeah. seen the movie, so I feel like we're left out. Well, I take... Knuff. I, I am Knuff. Uh, Knuff. I, I take great pleasure in this. I, I, it, it, it's when Ken realizes he's more than just an accessory to Barbie and has a Dan, personality. Dan, I, I would say that often an Oscar-awarding film is more not the thing that was the big... Like, who are we going to give the Oscar to and all those Marvel comic things and all? You know, <laughs> that Scorsese said are not cinema. And he's right. Well, we're not. a new category. Like, the Golden Globes, if they have a great achievement in the box office, it's okay, a category you, now to you encapsulate can do that, those right. you know, superhero and Barbie from, films. From the art. I mean, Oppenheimer is clearly... And I I'm mean, so- it could be made... Like, the argument could be made, though, that with the social ties, the social commentary, and, and right. the commentary on womanhood and such, and Barbie, it does indeed make it an art, artsy kind of film compared to a standard commercial... Like, like you don't compare Barbie with the with the movie Battleship, which is just explosions and no kind of yeah, but underlying it's, it's narrative. Yeah, it's exploiting that to put a cover on what really is just a stupid film. <laughs> that, that's really what it is. You're not wrong. It's like Taylor Swift. Okay, we I saw a list of the former lovers the other day. You know, it is what it is. You want to put it, call her a master storyteller and all that. Come on, just getting back at men. <laughs> Hillary jumping into the Oscar race now. I can see if they ask Joe Biden and uh, Trump about this. Some questions on this. This is just uh, Hillary Clinton again reminding us. Uh... I am a real person. with. Yes. All right, let's go to Amelia. Oh, similar to a Barbie, Hillary also said. The weirdest thing about me is that I don't sweat. Huh. You know, that line was coached up for weeks. I could see them doing that. <laughs> Amelia in South Philly on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Amelia, welcome in. Oh, Thank you so, so much for taking my call. I've been busting for days. Okay, I have to say, but I have to say. My Italian is Robert De Niro. I think he's a mess. He's a disgrace <laughs> to be to the Italian. That's number one. Number two, okay. Nikki Haley is not a sweetie pie. Nikki Haley is a phony. She's, she's disloyal. She will stay in this race until the bitter end. She will pulverize the, no- the Republican Party, and we're going to be stuck with these lunatics for four more years. Now, your wife was a teacher. You're a teacher. I'm a kindergarten teacher, so you're the person I have to tell this to. I want you to make this required reading for anyone that we vote for and put in a position of authority. All I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten, by Robert Fulgham. It is enlightening, it is refreshing, and it brings us back to the life that we lived. I'm a South Philly girl, just like you and your wife, and what is happening today? All this, everything's so thought about. Barbie's a doll. They make, they make things that are stupid.
stupid and trivial and fun, and they destroy it. Something is really wrong out here. So please pitch this book. Oh, I know. The, I, I, really I know. Know, I know. I know the book. I, I interviewed <sighs> him. I think once or twice on the book, without a doubt. So, uh, well, Roe was a pre-K, so maybe we would say pre-K. But you're right. That book summarizes it beautifully. There are wheelhouse. I mean, and, and we're just we're just destroying everything. And I I don't know who could talk to Trump, and 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 tell him he should just look at his own success, his own good heart. And the thing, if he has his back and forth, well, Nikki said this, well, she's a liar, but he should just, you know, in Dragnet, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Talk about him and what he is and what he will be to this country and not even see her. Make her invisible. Look at her comically. Because well, if put, he goes back and forth, she'll kill him. She is deadly. She is deadly. Thanks, Amelia. Boy, what a call that yeah, was spent right? up there, Dan. But he, here's the thing, and I, I, I'm not going to put up as a poll. Deep down, though, Dan, the Trump, some of the uh, base of the Trump support, they don't want that from Trump. They want the entertainment. They're okay with him going back and forth. Look, I have to admit, I thought her dress was weird last night. What I think it was in my interest of her up there, though, after I've just won, Amelia's point is a good one. Saying, look, Nikki Haley, knock yourself out. How about this? You got to go back to your home state. I realize that. Anybody would understand that. But I'm here to unite Republicans, so the sooner you give this up, that there's no shot here, there hasn't been a shot, you haven't done anything here, won't we all be better off to unite around this and defeat Joe Biden if that's what you really want to do? 855-839-1210. Can anybody answer honestly? Dan, do you agree with me, though? There are a lot of people, though. Amelia's advice was right on the money. And she said, Trump, talk about your own accomplishments. Talk about what you're going to do for the country. Don't engage with her. Don't get in all these feuds constantly. Look, a little bit of fun with Trump, I'll admit. It's entertaining. But when's he going to talk about mail-in ballot, for example? Scott President won't say it because, you know, Trump gave him a shout-out and all that. He said it gently. Talk about mail-in balloting. Say, let's get on mail-in balloting. Come here. He said, talk to three county chairmen about it. Assure people it's fine. And then say, I'm not leaving Pennsylvania Do we have 100,000 people registered? Whatever the number is for that. Why is this so hard to ask? Bill O'Reilly had the same kind of notion, too. And you look at the polling numbers yesterday on New Hampshire. It's Trump's not going to win this election if he pisses off Nikki Haley voters and they stay away from the polls. So he's got to do something here where he's kind of encapsulating still people who are leaning towards Nikki Haley. So they eventually come out and go to the polls for him. They're driven to the polls. I, I, do, you, do you think that if Nikki Haley's people don't come out for Donald Trump, then he still has a chance? I mean, uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying that quite. I don't know that Amelia was. I, I just wouldn't pay attention to her either. It's about defeating Biden. And then you have people that are not Nikki Haley supporters and others, though. Are there Nikki Haley supporters? Uh, doubtful. They're, they're limited. It's more anti-Trump. I think Amelia's point was something like people want to know. Remind them what you did for the country, what you learned from that, what you're going to do again. Contrast that with Biden. Just don't talk about grievance constantly. And I I felt bad, too, for uh, Tim Scott. He's up there last night. It's embarrassing. Look, don't do it to Tim Scott. Too good of a guy. He says to him, you must really hate Nikki Haley. He'll be up here doing this. Uh, It's funny in a second, but is it something you want to be doing? Are you in that camp? Or are you saying that, uh, hey, 
I really love it when Trump gets off attacking, going this way. He won before is the argument, doing that. O'Reilly, Dan, would tell you the same thing. (laughs) He's told Trump all that stuff. He's told me he's told Trump that. And Trump just goes off on his own way on this. Even though deep down he realizes how beatable Joe Biden is. I'm not believing the Biden people are celebrating today because they want to run against Trump. They know what a wild card he is. They know they're running against someone who can contrast his record, particularly economically, with Biden's and and foreign affairs. And you see what the result is. And if immigration really is the issue now, that's the other thing. I don't hear Trump talking about that enough. I really don't. This is the time to remind people, bring back the wall. Talk about what you did and what you'll do in detail. Dom Giordano show, just uh, seeing a story in the Inquirer, and they're blaming somehow or another Bill McSwain and others for this. Uh, It's a list of what happened to the people that set fire to police, seven defendants over the course of time in the George Floyd summer, which was outrageous. We don't hear about that as an insurrection, even though there were people calling it that, that were blowing up ATMs and setting afire police cars. And the contention here is, oh, yeah, well, Bill McSwain talked tough, but all the defendants, the last ones were sentenced yesterday. They only got about half of what the prosecutors were asking for. I blame the judges. U.S. District Judge uh, Joel Solonsky sentenced the last of the defendants to 14 months behind bars on Tuesday. The government had sought just over three years. The events happened that day, he said, were tragic in many ways, beginning with the death of George Floyd. Mr. Williams, like many, got caught up in the emotion of that day. There we go. There we go. Another judge, Dan, got caught up in the emotion of that day, blowing up police cars. That kind of go, what? Yet, when it comes to the January 6th people, and I'm on record, many of them deserve serious penalties. Some of them, it's been way over the top. They weren't caught up in the emotion of anything. But the George Floyd summer, riots, billions of dollars, do whatever you want, burn down the city, blow up police cars with people around. Now, Bill McSwain, thank God he was there because Larry Krasner wasn't charging anything. The conclusion that the Democrats, the defendants' behavior during the May 2020 protest was, in most cases, an anomaly stoked by communal outrage over Floyd's killing appears to have guided all of the judges who have sentenced defendants in the protest-related arson cases. In looking at the situation... I really come away thinking we won't see her again in a criminal courtroom. Man, this guy, another federal judge, uh, Barkley Serek, as he sentenced 37-year-old massage therapist Lori Ellen Blumenthal. I think she's learned her lesson. He handed her a -a two-and-a-half-year sentence. Now, that's the one that McSwain, Dan, was relentless on. He used Etsy and others to track what she was wearing that day bringing these gloves that were inflammable or flammable, which, whichever the proper term is, to blow up police cars with hundreds of people nearby. What do you do when these clown federal judges say, well, these are not criminals. They got caught up in the emotion. That's not true. They're progressives who have allowed to run wild. 
That's exactly what it was. And uh, the inquirer seems to say, well, look at these prosecutors. They, the, the whole suggestion is McSwain overcharged in these cases because you have to take into account these weren't criminals. They just got caught. Not criminals showing up with all the accoutrements, knowing you were going to set fire to police cars with hundreds of people around right in front of City Hall. But that's not a criminal. Okay? This, this is what we're up against. And again, I feel that some of these people, without a doubt, on January 6th, there is no excuse. They deserve what they get. But for some, it's been so excessive. And again, they deserve some punishment. But my God. Okay, eight five five eight. So we got a very busy Dr. Joel Fitzgerald and okay. Carlos Vega. They're actually uh, chiming in here, so they're we're coming gonna, up. Okay, take a quick break, and uh, yeah. we'll come back. With okay, we're going to talk with the dad, a police of uh, Temple Police uh, Sergeant Chris Fitzgerald and Carlos Vega, formerly top notch in the prosecutor's office. They're next here on Talk Radio twelve ten. Dom Giordano show big issues, big guests. Yesterday we told you about this um, preliminary hearing waived by the defendant from Buckingham. In the killing of, police, of Sergeant Temple Police uh, Sergeant uh, Fitzgerald, a story that, look, any of these deaths rips your heart out. But this one particularly, given this guy and his connection to everybody and the aftermath of this and the family calling for the death penalty in this, saying it met the requirements of the death penalty and asking for a decision on this. Joining us, Dan, is uh, Dr. Joel Fitzgerald, who's been on the show before. Dr. Joel, welcome. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate your continued interest in the case. It means so much to us that uh, we're willing to put our opinions out there. Absolutely. Also with us is Carlos Vega, who, of course, was in the DA's office, top flight homicide uh, prosecutor, and Carlos ran against Larry Krasner last time. Carlos, good to talk with you again, too. Uh, Great to have me back. Uh, Dr. Joel, um, let me um, ask, take us through your mindset of calling for the death penalty. Did you just look at every element of this case? Talk about the family and publicly calling for that. Well, I I think it's really simple. You know, we're both police officers. I've been a police chief for 32 years, went on 33 years, Uh, worked in Philadelphia for 17, been a chief for a third of my career. My wife's a homicide investigator. We know you know, what prongs need to be met for the threshold of a death penalty case. We sat down with Krasner shortly after my son was killed, and we basically had the conversation with him. We know that he opposes the death penalty. However, the death penalty is something that is on the books in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. is a tool uh, that's used to deter criminals from committing such heinous acts. And it's, it's just for this. It's for heinous, callous acts from adults like this kid, you know, someone who comes into Philadelphia and prays on the citizens of Philly, we, we need to make a statement here. Uh, we need it for the city. We need it for the, our family. And uh, we won't rest until Krasner uh, at least elects to go that direction. And that's uh, what he can do. It's in his purview, and it's what he should do. Well, first, let me thank you, though, by for this decision in doing this going forward with it, because I feel, as you just put it, You're not defending just the memory of your son and his wife and the kids and you and the heartbreak. You're defending me, my family. You're defending people in Philadelphia. 
And by extension, you're trying to defend all of us in a country that has the death penalty on the books, but will not go for it. And you're exactly right. Every element overwhelmingly, if convicted on this basis, is met, Dr. Joel. There is no doubt. When you met with Krasner, and I know these some of these are private, but in general, did he just say that I'm against the death penalty, even though it's on the books? He absolutely uh, gave us reasoning behind his feelings, and uh, we gave him reasoning behind ours. Um, I, as I said, my wife works homicide investigation and works them every day. She's uh, worked nothing but capital murder cases. And unfortunately, I mean, we worked in Texas for a large majority of the last decades of our career or so, but the death penalty is on the books there, and it's on the books here. And we realize that a jury may not elect to give someone death, but it is appropriate to charge that. And when you take your oath to become the district attorney in the city of Philadelphia, and you say that you're representing the disenfranchised and, uh, and folks, you know, that don't traditionally get justice, well, where do we stand? When you're, when you're black, white, brown, tan, or even blue, where do you stand in the eyes of this district attorney? If some heinous crime happens like that, are you not going to use everything in your toolbox to uh, procure justice for not only our family, for our son, for the rest of the people in the city who uh, have families that have gone through similar events and not seen that type of justice. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Carlos Vega with us. Carlos, uh, you were a long time, and I'm sure you tried cases, I hope anyhow, where the death penalty was in play. Uh, what can you tell us about what goes on in Krasner's office now? And maybe more shockingly, the uh, the guy who has to sign the death warrant, we have that aspect too, and that's uh, Governor Shapiro, who said, well, the system is fallible. Aren't there cases, though, where it's so clear there is no doubt? We have video evidence. We have testimony. We have people admitting that they did it. Well, well, there are safeguards in a death penalty, and I've prosecuted many death penalty cases, and I've uh, uh, obtained the death penalty on 14 separate cases. And the safeguard is this. You have 12 jurors who have to unanimously agree to impose a death penalty. And uh, the way the system works is the defense could put on any factors of mitigation. And also they've changed the rules during the course of my career that they even have the DA uh, let the defense attorney be the last person to argue to give the defendant every advantage he can have. Yeah, exactly. And, and Dr. Joel, you and your wife are uniquely situated, as you said, to see this play out. And again, uh, you, you can't run around saying the general things that probably Krasner said to you or Shapiro when we have somebody, and I believe, is there uh, footage? Is there camera footage of what happened? Absolutely. There's uh, undeniable evidence that our son was executed, executed by this person, by this monster. And to say, um, I'm just harking back to yesterday, Don. Uh, I mean, Krasner's office says in a statement, we don't have blanketed policies when it comes to sentencing recommendations. I call BS on that. There's their blanket statements and blanket policies decisions that he makes all the time when it comes down to uh, prosecuting uh, people in communities that, you know, he goes after, the blue community. Uh, he tries and retries and tries again. 
to obtain prosecutions. So that's a blanket policy, obviously, that's in that office. But another blanket policy in that office would be, again, not applying the death penalty, not applying to, to let a jury of peers decide whether a case meets that threshold. Is, is he God? Is he the person that makes that decision that says, okay, well, I, I just don't think that this meets that threshold. As Carlos said, they're mitigating factors to every case. They're aggravating factors to every case. I can't help but think that this delay, this artificial delay uh, of almost a year to put this case on, to bring it to a preliminary hearing was done so to allow, in my opinion, and this is my own opinion, uh, defense attorneys to create or come up with other mitigating factors because this case is such an overwhelmingly uh, uh, it fits the death penalty so overwhelmingly well. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And again, uh, you're a better man than I and your wife and all. I mean, I, I, on this, I give no ground. It doesn't have to be a heinous. So you take a life. I don't care whose life it is. If it meets the definition of the uh, death penalty, first degree murder, you get the death penalty. But I agree with you. Would you emphasize for listeners again, it's been a year. How many delays your family has been put through in this case? There have been four continuances. Uh, we were told that the continuances to this case or delays were due to the disregard, I'm sorry, the, uh, the attorney who represents the defendant being injured uh, due to an accident. Um, again, when cases are put on, especially cases of this magnitude, you have multiple, multiple attorneys from the uh, defense that can stand up a case, especially a case that took five minutes to put on in a preliminary hearing. Uh, so you can't tell me that, you know, we gave this time, uh, these several, these four continuances to be fair to the defense. No, we're being unfair to the family. We're being unfair to the decedent. We're being unfair to the citizens of Philadelphia by pushing this down a road when this was the only case since February of 20, in February of 2023, when my son was murdered, that hadn't made it to a preliminary hearing at this point. And I can't help but think that that happened because of the resistance that we put up in his office. And when we shared with him that we would fight to the bitter end because we're not a family in the city of Philadelphia that would, again, acquiesce to what the DA, the DA said. We, we know better. And what yeah. we're going to do is help educate members of the community about these decisions. And we hope to polarize the community and make them understand that when a DA says that they represent all communities and all constituencies, sometimes, you know, we're looking at uh, a difference of, I think the guy in Enon Baptist Church said it best. And, and, and I don't mean to get off the, the rail here, but the Enon pastor a few months ago said, this situation is colored differently. It's an interesting statement. The only pastor in the city of Philadelphia that came out and said something on the news, said it's colored differently and said it for a reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I get that exactly. Yep. yep. And uh, that's exactly right. And in addition to that, Carlos, you know, the inequities we hear in the justice system, and a anybody would know that there are some over the course of time with someone who is a minority or whatever. But in this case, it's not about that. It's a kid from the suburbs, maybe wealthy, who's white. And the aggrieved person, not that these things should matter, but let's face it, they do in my mind in the grand scheme of things, is an African-American officer doing his job single-handedly here. In a court of law, I would think that cuts towards something to take away this idea. You can't have the death penalty 
because it's unfair to someone who is not white. Uh, and, and I totally agree. And that was done with the Sergeant Wilson case, which was uh, an African-American officer killed in the line of duty. And another thing I'd add is Mr. Krasner decimated the office because I'll tell you right now from personal knowledge, there's only one DA in that entire office who has obtained the death penalty. And he's not even in the homicide unit. So I'm very curious if they're going to put that DA to prosecute the case or they're going to put someone with no experience who has never obtained the death penalty. So well, that speaks volumes yeah, to what's and, going and on. And Carlos, without getting away from the major point today with the, the Fitzgerald family, you're on to something here, though. I'm told, and you know better, that some of the people trying cases, even if they try their best, they're not skilled. They're new. They're not directly on point. We know... Look, I went to law school and all and practiced without a license, kiddingly, on the air. But uh, I was told by the best criminal uh, defense professor I had, don't listen to these other professors here who never were in a courtroom. They'd have their coat, uh, coat stolen in Philadelphia and wouldn't know where they are. You really have to know how to prosecute a crime like this. You can't be a rookie. You can't be somebody all over the place. And, and I totally agree. I mean... They have people in that unit, a homicide unit, trying murder cases with only two years' experience that have done maybe two or three juries. I'll use my personal experience. It took me over 30 juries and five years before I was allowed to try a homicide. And even then, they put me to try less complicated homicide till I was groomed to the level that I was able to be there for 30 years. Uh, Carlos, what defense could they possibly offer in this? Is it an insanity defense, something like that? Uh, the only defense I could say is that he was insane or, or that he was uh, under the influence of drugs or, or alcohol to the point that he could not form the intent to kill. That's the only, the only two viable defenses, which we'll know when uh, right. he's arraigned, because at arraignment, the DA has to file death notice, and also the defense will put on whatever affirmative defenses they're going to put on. And, Carlos, um, you know, you often hear this uh, to form the intent. I believe, at least back to my own personal sense of this, is that you can form the intent in a nanosecond. This doesn't have to be that you sit there and plot this for six weeks, you know, that kind of argument. No, no, and and I've explained that to many jurors. It takes a split second. When you have a gun in your hand, you have the choice to pull the trigger, point at someone, or point it in the air. In this case, he all that motions he did was show his intent to kill. So exactly. I, I, I'm completely confident it is a first-degree murder with uh, the malice and intent to kill that police officer. Uh, Dr. Joel Fitzgerald with us. Doctor, you said something about educating the public on this. I'd be happy to help if you're going to do a forum or anything of that nature around this because there's so many elements you brought up today about this. And you are such a, a good uh, articulator of that, about what's going on here with Krasner and the damage that's being done, that I would hope the media then would examine this more thoroughly. Is that what you're talking about doing? I, I am. And uh, my wife and I are really dedicated to ensuring that families get justice in the city, the justice that they deserve, and the victims get the justice they deserve. But moreover, Let's remember the best predictor of Larry Krasner's behavior is his own notorious history, right? The way he deals with homicides, ag assaults, and other violent crimes that the city is grappling with daily, ironically, you know, it's when he says 
blanket policies, he's the one that's applying a blanket policy towards handling the violent criminals that create crime in the city and disorder. So it's ironic that he would say, again, that he's representing the underrepresented, when in fact, that's not what he's doing. He's representing a, a notion out there that the death penalty needs to be abolished. He's representing something that he, he swore. He put his hand on the Bible, and he said, just like police officers do, I swear to uphold the Constitution and then insert your state. It, it could be the state of Texas. It mm-hmm. could be the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But you swear to uphold laws of that state. Is he doing that, Philadelphia? Without a doubt. Dr. Joel, thank you again. Thanks for what you're doing uh, throughout all this heartbreak. And, uh, Carlos, good to know that you're very close to this. We admire your work also. And anytime you guys want to come back on to give us an update or what you're thinking or what's going to happen next, we want to hear from you as quickly as you can. Okay, great. Nice Thank talking you, to you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Joel. I'll take you up on hosting the forum. There's no uh, doubt about it. Okay, let me up. know, and I will, whatever time, whatever place, it would be my uh, great honor to do that. This is important work, and you are somebody, and Carlos, who could uh, make this have meaning despite Krasner. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys. You yeah, look out for a text, Doc. I'll send you a text right now, and we'll get things okay. going on that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carlos Thank and uh, Joel. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Dan. Great work getting him on. You can tell it's little difficulties here, you know, time and all that. You heard what he said, though. Uh, <laughs> just delay this so they can come up with more exotic defenses. No, it's a pretty simple case. You have a punk from the suburbs who's acting out here, playing something in his mind. And uh, Dr. Joel, Dan at least alleges, and it's on camera, it's on tape, he used the word execute, meaning he was shot. This is what the allegation is, and one down, the assailant allegedly then stood over him and executed him. All right? Not that it matters to me. And I'll say it again, and I I hope more people will say this, I don't care who tells me, I don't care what pope, whoever it is, I will never give up being for the death penalty. And by that, I mean the death penalty without a bunch of um, column A and column B. You take someone's life meeting the requirements of first-degree murder, you get the death penalty in a timely manner every single time. That's what happens. And the farther we get away from this, just think of the pain of Krasner. Just think, Marine Falk, just just think of what we're going through here. My God. This is a model family. They're doing something protecting all of us. Thank God for them. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.